Dry martini. Oui, monsieur. Wait. Three measures of Gordon's, one of vodka, half a measure of quinoa lily. Shake it over rice and then add a thin slice of lemon peel. Yes, sir. In answer to your next question, the next movie is Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Which is just on Netflix. Okay, good. Which is That's gonna the be... next film. Yeah, after this he was in Elizabeth. And Starring then... whom? Um, Kate Blanchett. Is it her version? Yeah, The, uh, the Elizabeth. With... That seems like it's so much more recent with than With Josefines. Jeez. He's in it. He plays like a little monk or something. Cool. Um... And then we're back into stuff that we're going to be less familiar with. The Trench, I'm looking forward to. World War One movie. The DVD of that has arrived in the post. Oh, nice. <laughs> and Some Voices, the DVD for that, has arrived in the post. <laughs> then Hotel Splendide, still waiting for that one to arrive in the post. But it's coming. But it's been ordered. That's um, so bad. And then we're back in Africa, I presume, with I Dreamed of Africa. I don't think it'll be filmed in Africa at all. I think this is, they're just dreaming of it. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. I thought that would be a welcome return welcome to form. <laughs> because I don't know how some of these ones are going to go. Well, uh, if the last one is anything to go by, Sam. Mm. How are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah? I'm doing okay. We had to reschedule due to a compulsory online theatre rehearsal? Uh, yes. Apparently. So I'm told. How was that? Uh, uh, it achieved probably zero in the way of like progress towards a show being being put on. Okay. We said our lines to each other via uh-huh. Skype uh-huh. for an hour and a half, and then said good night. And literally, the director signed off before anybody else. <laughs> the guy who made everyone turn up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I've done several play readings. Mm. In isolation thus far on Zooms and stuff. That seems to be how it goes. You finish the play. No one wants to hang around and chat. <laughs> Just go your their separate ways. Oh. There's no debrief or no debrief. How did that make you feel? Did that bring up anything for you? Yeah, I don't know how I feel about the no debrief. We're bit. all gonna go around I mean, and just we're use already isolated. Statements. It just mm. hurts my feelings a little bit more when we get this close to each other yeah. by speaking at each other for an hour, and do then you, you leave. Do you feel like you're being used for plays? A little bit. Yeah, they just, you know, they come into your life, they do a play reading, <laughs> and then they're off. And I feel like I've been sullied in some way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. They've used your, you know, beautiful voice services. And then and facial expressions and because facial, we do have webcams and and stunning, expressions of the face have been as fans of this podcast will attest stunning facial expressions. I mean, yes. Um, and then <laughs> wow. they don't know what we look like, Sam. Oh, you reckon no, they've, they've got probably, a picture? Well, no, they mind. do because they all know us. <laughs> no, but like the masses of people who listen to this podcast who've never met either of us, yeah, or seen your wealth of. Well, if they want to, if they want YouTube to, 
documentaries about the Second World War. Yeah. Um, which I must the say. The French Revolution. Mm, which are two of the lesser known wars mm-hmm. <laughs> that people make documentaries about. Yeah, well, I saw a gap. <laughs> I saw a gap. I was like, you know what we haven't had a documentary about in a while? Bloody World War Two. Time to get in on that. Time someone covered that comprehensively. But working pe- just from their bedroom using stock footage <laughs> and just them narrating it. <laughs> I've watched those shows. There's word for word lines from World War Two movies <laughs> sewn together. On it's more of a featurette, sorry. People who, who who do listen to this podcast, do yeah. you think they've got a picture in their mind of what we look like? You know, that's interesting because I do develop pictures in my mind of some podcast yeah. hosts. And then I see what they look like, and I don't like it. No, I've often had voice voice actors look a certain way in my mind. I'm like, yeah, you've mm. definitely got this color hair. You smile a lot. Nope. Yeah, people are just good at their jobs. Yeah, yeah. Some people sound kind of big. Like I yes. get the image of them being like kind of like a fat jolly person, and they're not. They're a thin jolly person. And I didn't even know no that one, was possible. No one who is thin is jolly. What do you got to be jolly about? You're too busy being sort of moody and alluring. <laughs> and hiding behind bookcases. Yeah, and smoking probably. Definitely. To, to suppress your appetite. In a leather chair that you'll never stick to. Because you don't sweat. Would... Yeah. A, th- a thin person can yeah. just stand up yeah. and creak. Because you're, d- you're dry. Like a, like a twig. Like a lizard. Mm. Like a sliver. Or a branch. Branch. I guess if it's not raining. <laughs> With that which we do not talk about on this podcast, mm-hmm. the plague, um, now anyone who didn't have a podcast does now. Definitely has a podcast or a TikTok channel. Yeah. So, and I have a couple of feelings about that. One is... When we started doing this sort of thing, we were like the wave of podcasts had already happened, so we were behind the game <laughs> if we were in the game at all. But now but there's now, a rush. There's been another wave, and it's like, well, we were ahead of that. <laughs> at least we're not one of the Corona podcasts just jumping on the bandwagon, doing the one thing left See, that we can all you do. You liked it after it was cool, but before it was cool. I liked it after it was cool, but before. Actually, no, it's less cool now because everyone's doing it. I liked it after it was cool, but before it was not cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah, at least I didn't... At least we didn't get into it after anyone was into it. That's something, isn't it? Yeah. That's not nothing. It's it's not. It's like if the world was full of superheroes yeah. and then you got a superpower for like five weeks and you're like, yeah, and then everyone got superpowers. Kind of, although doing this doesn't feel like having a superpower. But everyone's got... It feels more like a burden at times. Why? We get to hang out, get to watch glorious films. We do get to watch glorious films, which we're going to get to. Someone I know, Chris Martin, who's a comedian you would And the lead singer of Coldplay. Uh, But also a local Brisbane comedian. Oh, yes, yeah, the other Um, Chris Martin. He started a podcast with uh, Taylor Edwards, another comedian, called Binge Minute. That's a good name for a podcast. And it's about movies. <laughs> and I've been enjoying it. I'm going to give it a shout out. Oh, cool. So they watch, and a few podcasts do this, they watch a movie a minute at a time. And, and talk they, about that minute. And they put out a daily, like, 15, 20-minute episode about that minute. That seems very arduous. 
Yeah, kind of. You've got to really be a into minute it. at a time. What intrigues me is people do people have done it for films where you could definitely get that out of it, like Star Wars and Die Hard. There's like Die Hard Minute and Star Wars Minute podcasts. Yeah, they're doing Moon, the 2009 Sam Rockwell movie. But there's and it's going surprisingly well. <laughs> <laughs> what I like, I've listened to nearly all of it. And uh, it's quite enjoyable. And watching a movie in that way, it really, obviously, <laughs> changes the way you in- interpret it all. <laughs> where you come together and go, wow, what a minute. A real twist to what we thought was going to happen in the previous minute. And if you were just, like, <laughs> surging through the movie, that wouldn't, you, you, like, you wouldn't pay attention to any of that. Like, oh, there's all these little you So know, you like that they slow life down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that's what we're all doing. Well, I right mean, not, now we are. Not for any right reason now. that we can allow to name, but no. that, is, that is what we're doing. So, yeah, maybe we should do that. What movie would you like to watch a minute at a time? And would you want to... Because you could do a movie we know, or the thing is they've never seen Moon, which okay. changes it. It does. So they're trying Because I was trying to think of something that has so many pointless... Like Blade Runner 2049... Where like two hours of that movie is nothing, and well, can so you imagine many, the minutes? So many minutes would be just Ryan Gosling walking. Like, okay, guys, it's Wednesday, and uh, look, that's four years worth of podcasts. Look, today's episode—I'm not going to lie—it's pretty similar to the last few episodes, where it's again, it's Ryan Gosling in, in the orange bit, looking at stuff. Um, today we are looking at something slightly... Well, actually, it's the front half of what we were looking at yesterday. Uh, but though there are... Same films- camera angle. And what a camera angle. Let's go into the history of it. Uh, <laughs> 1960s, like, you'd have to do a lot of that. There are a few films that have, like, enough constant changes all mm. the time in film that it would work for. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things... I don't think Moon is one of those films. It is so far. That's good. But I guess the first few minutes of something are always going to be more packed because they're doing exposition and yeah. getting stuff going. But I think the other rule they've done is it has to be a movie around 90 minutes. I and a shorter movie would make it... The first Alien. Oh, yeah. That would definitely work. Yeah. Actually, you know, you could definitely do this for Lord of the Rings. I could do it for Lord of the Rings. I would love to do it for Lord of the Rings. I would Rings. have something to say about every minute because of those they're movies. so well filmed. Would you do the entire trilogy? Yeah, yeah. Like every minute of Helm's Deep, I could probably come up with something to say about. <laughs> you know how they did that? It's funny actually. So he's on a cable, and that was going to be Liv Tyler, but then they changed it. So now, like, I'd be. <laughs> yeah. This is another one of those mostly for Sam projects, isn't it? Well, that's what most of these are. Maybe that could be our next grand tour. After this, when movies come back We'll on, do minute by minute Lord of the Rings. We'll do... So our thing is going to be... <laughs> over, Following... <laughs> over the years, our thing is going to be... We're going to do every type of movie podcast. <laughs> we're going to be the only movie podcast to t- adopt every possible format. So now we've all done filmography. Then we'll do minute by minute. And then there's probably other ones that I've forgotten. I can't think of I should know them. You, should, you listen to a lot more podcasts than mine. I can't think of any other formats because um, we've done what we've if, done what if we like do the rescue we show pre-review it like we preview and like review it and then watch the film and don't talk about it afterwards <laughs> and people just imagine what what we're going through <laughs> so they just listen to us previewing it going oh bet they were annoyed 
Because then they could watch it at any time and be like, yeah. those guys are idiots. That wasn't that wasn't what it was like. <laughs> no, you know we we haven't the other formats we haven't done. Uh, audio commentary. We have not done an audio commentary. And reaction. I don't, that's more of a YouTube thing, but I think a reaction is just what we've done for any of them. This no, but, would be considered a reaction video. No, but you went to what you meant to was that's why it's more so you film thing. yourself while we watch the film yeah you watch people watch something that and you watch them really respond boring. to it i've never been into them and they are astoundingly successful there's a couple of reaction video channels i just sort of like grazed through recently yeah. where it's just three dudes watching like bits of stand-up comedy and they just like laugh at it and that's it I was I was thinking surely at the end of this they're going to have a chat about what they liked about it and that's going to generate some sort of this good ha that's good I like the bit where yeah <laughs> all right well thanks for watching guys next week will be two hundred fifty thousand views like it's ridiculous I think what why I don't know <sighs> look as I've said many times in my life people are into different shit they are very much into different shit and some people are into that shit. So apparently, four hundred and fifty thousand people are in. Yeah. Shit. Well, we can't judge Isaac. We're about to talk for a very long time about Love and Rage, Daniel Craig's fourth movie. We've had to skip the say, third one. Should I say hello, everyone, and welcome to Exceptional? Films. Probably. We've talked for a while now. It's a podcast that used to be about Isaac and I reviewing and rewriting movies, and right now, because there's no movies, we are taking a break, going on our grand tour. Through the entire filmography of Daniel, Sir Daniel Craig, in my mind. Not yet, sir. sir Not be. yet, sir. Daniel Craig. Future OBE, <laughs> MBE, other Bs. Yeah, to be. Sir Lord e. Daniel Craig. He could be a lord. Yeah. They, they could gift him a parcel of land somewhere yeah. that he could Dutch mm. over. Dutch. Duke. You could duke upon. That doesn't make sense either, but it's definitely better than Dutch. <laughs> I have no idea. Dutch sounds weirdly sexual. I don't know where I'm getting that from. Well, Daniel Craig Dutch is a lot in this movie. What does that mean? <laughs> so, I don't imagine many people listening have watched Love and Rage. I'm going to go out on a whim and say not one person who's actually listening to this has watched it. It's a 1998 film. Yeah. And it feels older. Feels like it was a film that was made in the 70s by people who got themselves a camera. <laughs> that old... And they're like, you know what my favourite book was? That raunchy one mum used to read. Now, yeah, you say, you say book. It really feels like it's based on a great work of literature. It does feel like that, it? yeah. It's sort of, it's got a very sort of... It feels like the people who made it had something to make from, and they're yeah. like, oh, this is going to be so good. Mm. <laughs> and they they kind of did. So we should say, there's going to be spoilers for <laughs> Love and Rage. I think people should watch it. I don't. I, th- I think... I think no one should ever have to sit through this film. If you're in the mood, if you like... I feel like less of a person. If you like kind of like Wuthering Heightsy, Lady Chatterley's Lovers-y kind of English if you like those films or British period and films, want to be disappointed and end up not liking those, if films, you're a student of the genre, <laughs> this is a valuable thing. This is a valuable 
you know, touch point. If you were teaching a course on how to mm. make this kind of movie, this would be a good sort of week five module of how can it not be great? <laughs> how can it go? How and why is it not the best? So 1998, British, Irish, German, not sure where the German comes into it, drama film directed by... Funding. Yeah, probably. Why does it get called a German film then? You know what I mean? Like, well, the just, I think it's I think like um, any film wherever the production companies are based, where the money comes from, they I get guess. their country name on it. All right, sure. Directed by Cathal Black, who hasn't directed anything else I can really point to with, I can tell you with interest. Um, and starring Daniel Craig. Greta Skakchi, that's the the woman. Skakchi, yeah. And uh, Stephen Delane, did you pick that? I did. Old Stannis. <laughs> Stannis Baratheon as a right. sort of sort of weedy doctor character and best friend of Greta. Yeah, and one of the only parts of the film that was any good. Oh, you think so? You I liked think so. you liked a Delane. I liked. Well, we got like three minutes of him, and he was okay yeah. for those three minutes. He came. He came and went. I didn't. I wasn't sure how much he was meant to be in it, or who he was. I don't like that he was listed quite like heavily on any poster I've seen about it. Mm-hmm. Anything. Yet he was featured in the film. Yeah, twice. There well, was, and there was one scene where she comes- sat on his arm. Like she yeah. sat on the arm of his chair as though they were long-time friends. Yeah, I thought she—I thought he was maybe meant to be her brother. I thought so because their their relationship is very intimate, very obviously close. not romantic, because he's very gay and as into Daniel Craig as she is. Yeah, and essentially and has had has, a relationship with Daniel Craig. He's been has into been Daniel, of, Cla- has Daniel been, Craig a couple of times. Has been you. You know what I'm saying. It's been all up around. You've been dutching with Daniel Craig. Most people... This film is set on an island, and Daniel Craig, I get the sense, is in some kind of psychosexual relationship with every person on the island. I also would like to point out that at no point in the film does it attempt to establish visually that this film is on an island. It's definitely one of my notes as well. So it's set on Akil, Achil Island, and... What the the reason you need to establish the island aspect of it is because it's on an island. Well, it's well, no, the reason being on an island is important is really for tone and genre because what the genre of this movie is changes during the movie in a way that is not foreshadowed and not productive in terms of what the film's trying to make you feel. It's just bizarre. And what it needs to be is a sort of sinister kind of slasher movie, essentially, in which case establishing the fact that you are sort of isolated on an island would be a valuable piece of story. It would make... It would give you a sense of dread when things start to go pear-shaped. Yeah. And boy, do they. And, well, do they? I... Do you want to go through the plot? Well... Or can I just hate this film and we and we call it quick? I watched this movie twice. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> because 
because I watched it once and I was like, okay, I think I get it. And then the next day I tried to think about what happens in it and I realized I couldn't actually put it together. And so I've had to go through and watch it and actually write down what was happening as it happened to figure out the Is actual storyline. Nothing makes sense and it's stupid and it shouldn't be made <laughs> and no one should ever have to watch it. Is this the reason? It's not that nothing makes sense. I don't think we've reviewed a film it's that the... I've hated as much as this film. Wow, okay. It's so you were re- I look, there's things to like. Is there? Who? Which character did you like? Well, I didn't like any of the characters. Which performance did you like? <laughs> what camera work did you like? <laughs> did anybody use lighting in this film? No, they mm. So we need to say it's what well, it's it's set in the late 1800s on an island off the coast of Ireland. Yes, on a, on Different an, a, spelling. a small island. A small island of Ireland. <laughs> yeah. Akil Island. Ireland Junior. The address is Akil Island, comma, Ireland. <laughs> but with the uh, in there. And uh, the main woman, Agnes MacDonald, she's English. She owns the land and she is widowed. No, she's not. She's no, getting a divorce no. from her husband. But yeah. it hasn't been finalised. Yeah, that confused me. because yes. she. But she has her own point, money. She says she's divorced. But, but then later it is said she is not divorced. Yeah, she's divorcing. And the fact that she has a husband is somehow still an obstacle to their relationship. Anyway, she's... And she does what she likes. She rides horses around. Yep. She's very independent. She wears pants. She smokes. She wears pants. She drinks whiskey. Um, she smokes inside. She smokes inside. She she doesn't smoke outside because no one's allowed to know that she smokes because apparently it's bad to smoke. Yeah. Yeah. You'd, she'd be exiled from society, even though she's not in any kind of society. You know, she lives on an island. She's completely isolated, <laughs> not just on an island, an island with nothing else really on it and a really isolated house. Every time we say anything about the island, I would love to point out that at no point does the film show you any of this. We're just no. led to assume that there is nothing else on the island. Yeah. That there is a small village and her house. You know what I think has partly led to that is... Because I looked up the island. Okay. So it's a real island. Yeah. And it's, it's not... It's apparently based on true events. Yeah, it's based on true events, yeah. which we will get to. Okay, good. And just how, I think, like, probably quite insensitive this film is to <laughs> what actually <laughs> happened. Um... The I, the island is not very. It's, it's it like it's barely an island. Is it attached to the mainland? It's not attached to the mainland, but there's like bridges to the mainland. Oh, so, what? and I think because they... they knew that in their heads, it wasn't a little island off in the middle of the ocean. But when you're watching it, as it, a you as want a, it as to feel viewer, like a, you, you, you keep hearing that they're on an island, but that doesn't have any impact on them. So that is that is a that is a confusing piece of geography. You should either not mention they're on an island at all, or establish somehow, yeah, but there's this bridge, you know. So it's not that big of a deal, and that's why we're not going to talk about it that much. Yeah. People come and go quite easily. Instead, they they kind of mention it a few times to the point where if you're trying to follow what's going on, it's confusing. But it's still confusing. Still, but it also doesn't play any role in the story. It is still confusing. <laughs> So she's there doing whatever she wants. And her and her gay friend her, yeah, starts with so, those two so they're just coming to a festival friends. by the sea. Yeah. 
where she sees the horse races take place. Yeah. These horse races, of which we get to see one race, but apparently they went all day because later on they are referred to as, you weren't at the races, yeah. which is fine. Uh, we see, we get to meet Daniel Craig. Yes. He is now, taking part in the race. Before he is he's in the race, there's, it's it starts off with, <laughs> it starts <laughs> off with someone in a face veil in a carriage, in a storm, at night, trying to read a newspaper. Yes. And the newspaper's blowing all over the place. And it managed to hold still for just enough seconds for us to read that someone, something has happened in America. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the, the servant girl sadly closing windows and saying, happy, I don't use the word happy anymore, and... Things were different back then, as if she's going to like somehow narrate this story. Yeah, but she doesn't. So then it, we're flashing back to beach event. There's a game called Hit the Man in the Barrel. Oh, that's the one. Throwing sticks, the little midget running around. <laughs> yeah, Hit the Barrel Man. And this <laughs> is where a quite elderly chap with no shirt on gets in a barrel and every so often stands up and people throw quite large sticks <laughs> directly at his head. And he just has to defend himself. I want, no, he doesn't. He just has to duck down. And he then he just gets <laughs> clonked on the head. And I don't know, you get a big teddy bear or something, or a big Pokemon. Whatever was pop culture at the time. Yeah. So you probably get an onion yeah. or a radish. A giant inflatable onion, probably. <laughs> um, probably an actual onion. Well, yeah. But Feed your family for like a week with he- that potato. Helium in it It's a single potato. Yeah. <laughs> they were a commodity. And Daniel Craig has arrived on the island, and he's a new he's a new person, and everyone is immediately very aroused by his presence. <laughs> the island apparently is on heat, yeah, <laughs> because Daniel Craig is now there. People are immediately talking about his animalistic energy <laughs> and his piercing, <laughs> remarkable eyes, and how he's a superior specimen. Yes, and he wins the horse race. So he well, gets- does see. There is a horse race. Daniel Craig is in the horse race. Boy, is he. Okay. He cheats by knocking a man off of his horse. That man then breaks his collarbone and is not mentioned again. But you get to hear about the collarbone breaking. That's how Daniel Craig wins the horse race to win Um, the affection of our fair maiden. Daniel Craig continuing his streak of winning horse-related games without by cheating. Cheating. That is what he did in A Kid in King Arthur's Court. He did. Spoiler for that. But I feel as though that was a little bit better than this because he literally pulled a man off his horse. See, I watched it twice. Still didn't. Still didn't get that. It was. I hated it. So why? Because, because I hated it. Why? He's a meanie. Because she loved him straight. There's that bit where she's like, "Oof, he won that race fair and square." Yeah. Man, I want to fuck him. Yeah. So look, in general terms, what's going to happen is Daniel Craig is the. Lower class, sort of wild, kind of crazy energy guy who's... He's the Mowgli of the story. <laughs> okay. In Tarzan? Well, Mowgli is the Mowgli's jungle Mowgli's a child. Now. So? That'd be gross. <laughs> and she's the upper society, like, powerful woman. And they're going to have... Obviously, they're going to have some sort of romance and whatever. Yes. Or you're led to but, believe that you want this to be a thing. Yeah. 
This is like, oh, but, she's going to fall in love with someone under her class. It's going to be so romantic. Yeah, yeah. And we think we've seen this before. But this is also a continuation. This is also a continuation of Daniel Craig's uh, theme of playing crazy people. Yeah. Sort of sociopathic characters because of his wild eyes. He does have very wild eyes. Um and so I think that's why, again, he's not a hero in this movie. No, you know, this is. Our... And I don't think it tries to. I don't think it. Well, if it if it wanted to try to make that to be a thing, it at no point succeeds. Well, I'm not sure if we are ever meant to think that he is, because it's interesting. If he's pulling the guy off his horse in scene one, he's obviously a little bit off. Yep, and then he's. Away weaseling his way into several jobs. Yeah, so then he starts weaseling his way in. He... Oh, and so then the, and then there's the main, main woman, one of my notes was more conventionally attractive, Olivia Coleman. Yeah, I could see it. And I love Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman is a very good actress. She is incredible. I would have preferred her to be in this film. Loved her since Peep Show. Because yeah. she can act. Yeah. Yeah. She's not... Brilliant. No one in this film is brilliant. Except for Daniel Craig. Well, Daniel Craig is brilliant in general, but in this film, can I talk about his accent or lack thereof? We so we so he doesn't talk in that scene, but I think a couple of scenes later, um... <laughs> so he's working as well, a workman all, on the. She has an estate. First of all, she finds him. See, so much happens. First of all, she <laughs> finds him. Uh, illegally hunting in her woods. That's right. And he says, I'm the owner of myself. And that's when you start to realise, oh no, he's doing an accent. <laughs> oh no, he's not doing an accent. Again, he's doing an accent. Not a great history with accents. But it's not. Well, see, the South African accent was good. It was because okay. he only had several lines, yeah. and they were all good. In this, you're like, oh no, it's the beginning of the movie, he's clearly one of the main characters, yeah. and he's doing a full-on Irish accent, and it's terrible. not... It's te- it's terrible. It's, it's, it's not, like, Razzie Award terrible. It didn't blow my mind how bad it was, but it is quite bad. One thing that blew... We'll get to one thing that did blow my mind about the accent in a little while. I don't know who was... different things. Okay. I don't know who was in charge of his accent, but they didn't seem to be aware that there's like... I think it was the first year uni student who directed it. Okay. I just don't... I don't think they are aware that there's like different parts of Ireland. (laughs) And you can't... You can't just do like general Irish and sort of... Sort of swap between them. You can't do that and still not be able to do general Irish. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So that was a, so that was a mistake. It was a That's bit... just so mistake one. Okay. Um, unfortunately, mistake one with this Daniel Craig movie was putting Daniel Craig in <laughs> as the Irish bloke. Um. So. So. Yeah. So what do you think happens next? Nah, next is he is working part-time on her estate mm-hmm. and weasels his way to telling one man, he tells, what's the guy's name? McSweeney. McSweeney. Who is her agent. Her agent. Which means like... The estate, foreman? It's like estate manager. Yeah. He runs stuff on the estate. So he applies to rent the houses from Mr. Sweeney. Yes, there is a, a there's empty her. houses down somewhere on the estate. Yeah, 
that are available for let. Yeah. And he applies to Mr. Sweeney about it. Yeah. And Mr. Sweeney says, I'll put in a word for you. Then he also yeah. applies to the lady about it. Mm-hmm. And basically gives them both bad information about each other, which causes Mr. Sweeney to be fired from his job. Yeah. So she's immediately... She seems quite... She's set up as being very sort of intelligent and independent, but then also seems quite gullible and just never picks up that there's anything off Off about about him. Which is surprising because his accent is terrible. Yeah, she doesn't... She she realised this guy's obviously doing a fake accent. But she... That's why And there's different points in the film where she clearly seems to recognise, oh, this bloke's totally mental, but then forgets it again. Yeah, quite quickly. So the trajectory of the whole movie doesn't doesn't gel. No. I think that's the main problem we've got going on here. So he he gets Sweeney fired. He well he he rents the houses and then she comes around to see him and he and we get our first shirtless Craig. We do get our first shirtless Craig. So is this also maybe our first smoldering Craig? No. There's no smolder in that scene. Oh, he smolders. Mm, does he? Yeah. Yeah, anytime anytime a guy like shirtless and they're wearing the trousers with like the braces down and they're like cleaning a hand with a rag and they look up. That's smoldering right there. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to pleasantly wait for a proper smoldering Craig. Maybe it came in obsession. I'm not saying it's the best smoldering Craig. <laughs> I'm saying it's the first. And no one's going to smolder their best straight out the gate. I'm there would be somebody who smoldered their best straight out the gate. And the first was the best, and it's been downhill ever since. Yeah, Who do you or think? it's just been on a plateau ever since. I feel like Matt Damon smouldering days behind him. I don't think he could smoulder at the moment. Yeah, no, but he could. But he also couldn't smoulder in the beginning. He just he, Matt Damon to me is a regular dude, just doing Matt Damon stuff. You know? Yeah, except for some of his Jason Bourne days. Yeah, but still, he looks like a regular guy, which is what's Kinda. great about Jason Bourne that he can fit in anywhere. Kinda. He's the grey man. But without being the grey man. What about Chris Pratt? Chris Pratt. In terms of his movies, he's smouldering straight out of the gate. Straight out of the gate. Well, Not even a... on Parks and Rec, some of those bits where he's getting to be handsome, that's a handsome guy. Yeah, but that's after he started working out for Guardians of the Galaxy. No, it's the first couple of seasons. Oh, but also, he was in a couple of football films before that. Smouldering straight out of the gate. Yeah, okay. Wow. Chris Pratt, y'all. Well, we can get into that on our Chris Pratt filmography podcast. Obviously, obviously. We can get into that there. When we do the preview one, um, where we review yeah. all Chris Pratt films and then watch them and don't tell anybody what we thought of them. Yeah. Genius. Pre-Pratt. <laughs> Pre-Pratt. <laughs> she goes in and they have, so they have a conversation in his house. At that point, he's also turning it into a shop. And she's like, I didn't tell you you could turn this into a shop. And he says something about, I do whatever I like. So I like. Yeah. And it's, I don't think the fact that it's a shop ever comes up again. Never. I don't remember them mentioning him selling anything or whatever. No, well, he's a, they call him the grocer every now and then later on as though he sells oh, groceries yeah. in the shop. Yeah. Um, and so then, and then she goes back and she's bought what he said completely about the agent ripping her off somehow yep. the accountancy subplots i found quite difficult to follow as well very strange and they were quite complicated and they were don't gel very well with the sort of steamy romance plots <laughs> you know what i mean 
Yeah. Like, there's well, lots of paperwork. There's lots of things about her owing things to government. Daniel Craig at one point, like, tells the tax office about something she's not doing. And now she gets fined because of it. And then she's it. getting fined. And that's get, that gets brought up in multiple scenes that she's getting fined. Not, like, a massive amount, but just, like, £10. <laughs> and they're like, why did you do it? And Daniel Craig is like, I'm a, I'm a devil of a man. And then that's, like, the only explanation. Like, what are you... <laughs> it's very strange. So your brain keeps stalling when you try to sort of understand the movie. So his bad mouthing of Sweeney makes Sweeney get fired. Yeah. And he seems to weasel his way into becoming Sweeney. Yeah. She hires him because obviously this guy gets it. He's yeah. pretty smoldery. He won that horse race that one time. He did. He cheated that horse race one He's time, but all... she didn't see that. Yeah. He's already hunted illegally on my land and opened a shop without my permission, I think it's high time I bring him into a much more important role on my, running my, on my estate that I run alone as a woman in the 1890s. Well, let's just give him unhindered access to my actual house where I live. Yeah, which I have no sort of security around. No. I think in this environment, it's def- given that I seem to have no like relatives or anyone around apart from this d- doctor friend who, to be honest, doesn't seem like he could do a lot in a pinch. <laughs> See, you know, I think it'd be good for me to really bring people into my circle who I don't really know at all. Not to victim blame here. You know? Oh, see, I, Not mm. to excuse. I'm just saying, as a sto- as a character, I'm struggling to follow along with... I guess she, she's just very confident. I she's, think she's very confident and is also a massive hornbag. Yeah, and she just there wants, is a lot of she, that. Isn't yeah, there? where where it's her, it's not somebody yeah. else. It's her. Now, there's the other character that we haven't really addressed, which is the uh, her sort of servant, Biddy. Biddy, played by Valerie Edmond. Oh, lovely. Valerie does quite good. Yeah, she's probably one of the better performances. Pretty good. Now, it's a very kind of gay movie in a lot of ways. I feel like there's a very sort of. I guess modern parlance would be a queer energy to the whole thing. For example, I had as much chemistry between her and Biddy as between her and Daniel Craig. I, did you get that? I didn't that get the, the sexual chemistry. There was a, a camaraderie, but, but I think kept, that's just because Biddy is a better actress than the other chick. But she kept like sort of she'd like stroke her face and stuff, and after she. The first time she sleeps with Daniel Craig, the next morning Biddy is like in tears, and she has to give her a talk about See, like, oh but come Biddy on, Biddy is in tears for a, a different reason because Why? there is a day before Daniel Craig is officially the uh, oh because he sleeps agent. with her as well. He doesn't sleep with her. He just comes into her room in the middle of the morning while they're sleeping, breaks into the house, kisses Biddy, and leaves. Does he just leave? I'm pretty sure he leaves. See, he, maybe he did it with her. I don't know. See, multiple times in my notes, it says, did they have sex? Question mark. Because the way the scene kind of ends. is as though they've had sex. It's unclear. Yeah. And they're sort of, or sometimes they're acting like they've had sex, but they're both still fully clothed. Oh, that was when. And that, is that it just scene meant to be he, kind of weird sex? That scene, I think he finished early okay. and says, okay, we'll, 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 get, get, to, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get, get to that, to that one. <laughs> Man, 
Okay. This fucking film. This is a minute by minute film right here. Yeah, this this does need to be a minute by minute film because that's the only way you. I'm can never watching it again. Okay, well, I will talk about it today and then I will attempt to forget that it existed okay. until we have our tallies at the end yeah. and we know that this is the bottom. So she hires Craig. <laughs> then there's another beach party and and he's dancing with Biddy, but then he's but he's just like. I fucking eyeballing <laughs> Greta the whole time to the point where Biddy is like, dude, I'm like right here. No, that's not Biddy. He's like craning his neck around this. Is it not Biddy? Someone else? No, I'm pretty sure Biddy dances with the doc at that party, and he okay. dances with the Irish chick that he made out with in the first scene. Oh yeah, because there's another chick that he yeah. is definitely entangled definitely doing with, stuff with, and she's um, just sort and she's of she's just a, a native, she's just an Irish local, yeah, with a girl. with a proper accent, with a proper accent, yeah. yeah, and she looks Irish because Daniel Craig does not look Irish, yeah. Now, then that night is when he sneaks in, does whatever he does with Biddy, Biddy. Which I so you were saying when she's crying, that's because she's sad because she feels rejected. I'm pretty sure she does seem pretty into it in that scene. She does well. She doesn't at the start. Well, yeah, but then he's fucking just just broken into the house. He, he she is asleep. He she also he doesn't is, tell no Greta she doesn't about let it. anybody know about it. She's like, I'm not going to bring that up. I mean, sure, he's been hired into a <laughs> you know really important position, but sure, we're going to be I working together. For you'd be the conflicted ever. anyway, like. When you th- when you really go into a lot of their decisions, you can imagine you can sometimes imagine how in the muddle of the moment there'd be lots of like competing incentives and maybe that would maybe that would happen. But it that doesn't work very well as a film <laughs> because the whole time because unless you're really paying attention and really trying to imagine things from their perspective, it's just like, well what what what's going on? So, so that so that's a problem. It is a problem. I think is it after he sneaks in on Biddy? Is that when he goes and meets up with the old timey Irish Republican Army? Yes, that's yeah. that evening. Remember he gets that? called out because they find out he's got a job now. So now there's a very very important subplot which is comes up not till the end. Two times it comes up. This is this when point. that scene is set up. <laughs> yeah. There's the IRA and they. But they're not the IRA, they're the Irish oh. Republican something. The, the Society. Irish Repub- okay. The, sure. uh, yeah, I think it's the Irish Republican Society or something like that. Yeah, well, but it's like a precursor to... I, yeah. I said old-timey IRA. You did. You so did. I feel like... I Okay, you get the I feel points. feel like I encapsulate that. Out. Ten points to Sam. Ten points to Gryffindor. Now... I'm I'm not sure what they were doing there or what they were talking about. Uh, they basically talked about the fact that now he's working so closely with this British woman that he's got a very good in to help them get her out. Right, because they want to get her off the island, I guess. Well, they want to get it off, get her off the Ireland. Get her. <laughs> That's what they want to get her. On. Yeah, sure. Okay. Because she's the British woman who um, owns the land. He says something non-committal and kind of crazy. And then he, like, laughs maniacally, takes a couple of steps backward, and then the scene cuts. But is it maniacally? Because it's... Well, who knows? Is it supposed to be maniacally? Is it supposed to be maniacally? Or is he supposed to have found what he said hilarious? Yeah. Because yeah. neither of those things come across. And everyone else looks at him the same way we're looking at it. Yeah, he says the words, because I'm crazy. The other... He tells them he's crazy. The other laughs. characters in the scene look like the audience do. Right? Like, <laughs> Why are you... 
Are we agreeing? Or are we... Is he, See, is he leaving? He's left. But also, the energy that all the Did other... Did that go well? The energy that the scene gives is all these dudes are a gang. And you're like, you're ready for this to be part of the film. Yes. You're like, okay, cool. This is, uh, go- this is okay. This is going to be a part of the film. I thought a, rela- a romance was going to develop over here. But now he has conflicting incentives because of this, you know... Yeah. Sort of his, seditionary his group. Yeah. That he should want to Because help. of the obvious conflict inherent in the story of them being English and Irish. Mm. And low class status and high class status. Man, imagine it. Such See, a that, natural that, oh. source for tension and conflict and story. <laughs> but you know what? You know what's better than that? We should just do something completely different. Insanity <laughs> and sexual perversion. So much better. <laughs> so, do they do it? Before he pretends to be a priest. I think he makes out with her in the scene after this. Just at her house. They make out. Don't do anything. He leaves. So he has... Yeah, he has her... She has him over for dinner. That's the one. And then he he starts saying weird things like, "Were, were you... What you were afraid of as a boy? Or when I was a small boy, I think the dark was afraid of me. Uh, he says he used to be an actor and do Shakespeare and stuff. Um, then on that's the one on the way out. She he she says something about her husband and he's like he isn't. Uh, you know, tell your husband about that. Blah blah blah. So the husband is sort of like half-heartedly reintroduced as a problem, mm. and then that, I think that's the last mention of the husband. Um. But then, no, then he pretends to be a priest. Yes. So this is when we're really... This is when we're supposed to be introduced to Daniel Craig being able to do several different accents in the film, but it turns out that his British priest accent is the same as his Irish low-class accent. Nothing changes. It's terrible. Um, And apparently... The the, the priest is Scottish, I think. Oh, Crowley. Yeah. So he's he's, he's definitely Scottish at the end. I think he's Scottish in the church as well. So this is when the fifth thing you think the film is going to be about comes up. And so what's <laughs> happened is on... But how? Wouldn't it be... Is this the church on the island? Yes. Of an incredibly small number of people. Yep. All of whom are fucking Daniel Craig. Yeah. And then the priest introduces a visiting theologian who <laughs> is Daniel Craig in a fake beard. <laughs> it's who, mutton chops. It's fake gets, mutton chops. He <laughs> gets up and starts giving a sermon. And apparently what? his sermon is so hilarious that so, Greta starts to laugh uncontrollably. She's the only one who recognises him and she can't stop laughing. What? Are we meant to think? Are we meant to think it's funny? I don't know. I think maybe because it's really not. But, but also, I think, I think her laughter goes for about five minutes too long. She laughs for an incredibly she long time. She leaves the church. There's no significance to anything he's saying. So there's no. no reason for us to hear a lot of his sermon. She laughs and laughs for a long time. There are definitely some points where the audio of the laughter does not sync up to her. I'll say that. I'll say that. So she's laughing too loud and has to leave the church. So she has to leave She leave goes the outside, church. continues to laugh. She's still dying with paroxysms of laughter. And so now we're thinking, okay, Daniel Craig. What is... Why See, would he have done this? 
Why yeah. would you have dressed up as a priest for no reason? Yeah. Did you kill the actual Father Crowley? Is yeah. he dead somewhere? Yeah. Are you trying to? Are you trying to win your way into a house? It's, it's a bit of a Christmas Prince situation in a way, isn't it? I'm trying to? No, it's not. A little bit. It's. Not, I don't want Daniel Craig in my Christmas Prince movies. A little bit. You know. Oh, I, yeah. I'm, <laughs> backtrack on that. Christmas Prince Four with Daniel Craig. Not with this Daniel Craig. No, not this character, but just. I think we just forget about 1998 at the moment. You know, in our episode on that, we got we made a big deal out of what happened to the original tutor in the first movie, <laughs> and there is an answer to it when I rewatched it most recently this Ooh. last Christmas. <laughs> and now I can't remember what it is. That's a good thing to bring up on a podcast. She got shot. The thing is, <laughs> no, she was like her family member was sick or something, and there was a re- like they're great movies like. It's, it's it's all tied up in a bow. There are no plot holes. <laughs> Let the record show. She, feel free to go back and check out our great Christmas Prince podcast oh, episodes, episode. guys, great on the previous episode. incarnation. Um, the thing with the priest scene is, he's, we don't know why he's doing it. No. But it's not going to be useful for us to figure out why he's doing it either. No, well, it, it doesn't It doesn't come back in any way, shape, or form well, that he has in, a reason for doing it. Him impersonating people is a part of his thing, but it do, it's not It's not added together into... Like, a character trait. What Daniel, what Daniel Craig's character wants is really unclear throughout this movie and not in a way that he's just a sociopath who see but there's a, a lot of sociopath stuff. like characters you'll know what their goal is yeah or their want or desire yeah. at no point in this film is it clear or attempted to yeah. be made clear yeah and what he wants like yeah but you can also have a sociopathic character who you know, just wants to watch the world burn and so is doing kind of random destructive things and you could make that something, but this also isn't doesn't come together into that. No. It's just Oh, off topic. It's like free associating, you know? Like they're just picking words out of a hat and then he did this and then he did that. Yeah. Off topic. Is um your what is your opinion on his performance as somebody who is unhinged? In just, the, in, just in general. The, just in general, the in, his, in, the, in the delivery of dialogue where he's being like, um, how would you put it, like, really twitchy and yes. strange. It's it, it doesn't come across. It's not actually good, is it? No. So those are scenes sort of later in the movie well, where Well, even at the start when he's fly. having conversations with her after they're hugging a little bit. And he tells her a story about his dad dying, or no, he killed yeah, well, we'll his get, dad. Yeah, I mean, we'll, is that coming? Th- that's that, that's that's still coming. Okay, so because cool. of the, when I the, thought that happened before he dressed up as a priest. Well, maybe my notes are wrong, but yeah. this is why I had to make them. Because there's no way I was going to remember all this <laughs> stuff. The priest thing happens. Then all I can say is he turns up at her house again, and he's being a new character. Yep. And now he's English, <laughs> and. He's in no way acknowledging to her that they've ever met before. Yeah, and Biddy sees them in the hall. Yeah. Visibly sees this man who she's been raped by previously. Well, question mark, but probably... You know, she's been assaulted by recently. That's one of the unsettling things about the movie is that it leaves that really unclear. 
uh-huh. about exactly what's happened between the characters. Anyway. So she f- visibly sees him dressed in nice clothes. Mm. And they walk into another room and Biddy is locked out of the room. Yeah. To which she stays outside. And well, and and this character, what he's doing now, <laughs> is oh, the new character is a which also has the same accent, but it's supposed to be British. Yeah, is a gay, very sort of is it sadistic or masochistic? Which is the one? Masochistic. I think masochistic. It's masochistic. Where whose wagon has broken down, and he he's come to buy a horse. Yeah. And then he immediately starts talking to her in a very sort of sexual way. She is really into it. See, at the start, there's like a split second where you're like, is she going to not be into this? But then she's like fully on board, like straight away. Yeah. And I mean, sure. But yeah, people are into different shit, Isaac. (laughs) But I just... I don't, I don't know, know how this connects to anything about her. I guess she's like she's meant, she's meant to be quite a powerful character. I can imagine her getting on board with that. But what does she think is going on between them currently? Because that's when they end up on the floor. That's when they end up making out they on the couch for a little bit. Any of their clothes, but then he sexual completion doth occur. Yes, so he he completes his mission, and um, she's breathing heavily. Both fully clothed. He mm. then gets up, says, now look what you've done. Yeah. I'll make you pay for this in what, whatever sexual tone he's supposed to be doing. To which he leaves. Well, he, he says, then he says, now I must go. Well, I think he's still... I don't know what accent he's doing there. No, it's none of them are accents. Well, no, they're all accents. But they're all I don't shit. Know, I'm just... Okay. Like, I was like, when I say what the accent <laughs> is, I'm just saying... What the movie means it to be, okay? Yeah, I so want we people need to, to know that, that the movie doesn't achieve any of these goals. Isaac, I think you can rest comfortably that you have communicated <laughs> that fact effectively to Christine. Okay? She knows. Christine can't she's, watch it. She's coming with us on this whole journey. Um, okay, so he's done his accent. But then, the next scene after that mm-hmm. is Sweeney coming back. Saying that he's going to sue her. Yeah. She's all annoyed about that. So she... I'm assuming she doesn't call. She gets some sends a message <laughs> to Daniel Craig. Being like, Oi, I'm being sued. This is kind of all your stuff. You do you do a lot of the paperwork in addition to all of the weird psychosexual escapades. <laughs> so, because in, adi- in addition... You've got many, many responsibilities in, in addition to pretending <laughs> to be like a gay masochistic aristocrat broken down on the street, you are also kind of my accountant. So now, <laughs> and lawyer, so could you come up now and help me with this? He doesn't turn up, and she's like, oh, oh what? But instead, he breaks into the house again, hides in her wardrobe, <laughs> and when she's getting undressed for bed, bursts out of the wardrobe... She's into it again! <laughs> and that is the first time they properly, quote unquote, have sex. And that's when Biddy's standing outside all sad in the nightgown. Ah, uh, that's right. She hears the noise. See how crying. hard it is to remember it's what actually happened? But Biddy happened? stood outside the room beforehand when they were rolling around on the floor. She's always outside. Well, I mean, bless her, she doesn't have a lot else to do. She doesn't. She's got one but person also, to look after. It's in no way is it is it attempted to be made into like um 
Are we meant to care? Are we meant to be upset well, for see, her? Does uh, she the, have an art? There's a scene where he's put his lips upon her face. Yep. He has pressed his lips upon her face, mm-hmm. and she couldn't get away from it. Are we then yes, led to believe that now she has top. feelings for him, and that's why she cries outside the See, room? See, I never got that. What I got was she there was, feels there was a low-key relationship between her and her... See, employer, which maybe wasn't something they wanted to make such a big deal of in 1998, but well, maybe would more now. Because I think cause the vibe I guess everyone in this movie is just having sex with everybody, except it's the 1890s, so they've got to be chill about it. Except Sweeney, who gets fired. Except for Sweeney, who gets, just, he wouldn't have who sex gets with fired anybody. and flour dropped on him. Yeah. Everyone else is just laying waste to <laughs> everything in sight on this island. So I think her and the employer, her and Daniel Craig, Daniel Craig and her... Daniel Craig and the Doctor, it's all... So that that was the only way I made sense of her, how but she was behaving. I didn't I, get any sense that she had feelings for Daniel Craig, because I feel like she would... I think it would, could be a fear of Daniel Craig, but that's not even displayed either. It could also be that. She'd be like, oh no, this guy who's obviously mental is just gaining more and more power in the house. Yeah. But that's also not... But that's also something she would tell to the blonde woman. Sorry, yeah. the yellow, the yellow lady. Greta. As she is referred to. Guitar. The Yellow Lady. The what? It's the book it's based upon is the something in the Yellow Lady. Oh yeah, the Playboy and the Yellow Lady. That's the one by James Carney. So that's the original work upon which this book is based. And we can't really get into that without talking about the end of the movie. Oh well, we'll get so, there. We're, we're not far in oh, terms man. of actual things we need to talk about. From You'd the feel end of like the movie. we weren't, wouldn't you? <laughs> um, and then so and. So Which Sweeney's going to... And there's weird filmmaking choices. When they've had the... I mean, there's no way around. When they've had they, the sex. Well, no, when they've had the dry hump <laughs> in front of the fire, <laughs> yeah. I guess, um, then we get our first like handheld camera of the of the whole movie and it's all like jerky and ooh, ooh, feelings. And then <laughs> when he bursts out of the wardrobe um, in a very rapey way in that scene... This like Dutch angles. The whole camera is on a is on like a thirty degree angle while they like approach one another. Not sure what we're meant to take from that. Um, I think that's the only time that happened. Um, and then after they have sex for the first time, that's when DC really sort of goes mad the first time because he tells the story about how he killed his father. Well, no, see, we're not there yet. <laughs> how can we not? That's there when he, yet? that's when he says, "You're not going to cry, are you?" And he's using, and he's using some, I presume, maybe uh, like Irish word. And she's like, "What does that mean?" And he says it means veins. And he says, "From the moment I first saw you, I just knew you had the same blood in you as me." Oh, that's any leaves, which is a line they put in the trailer, and it's not a bad line, but again, not what it is. <laughs> it's just another thing that his crazy brain is coming up with, and but. Is it supposed to make him seem as though he's befuddled her into being like, wow, he's so smooth talking? I th- yeah, maybe. But, but he's, he's doing not- that immediately after. Cause he, because they, he realises Biddy is outside the door and he opens it and she's running away and then he does like a crazy laugh. Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird. And it's at this point, like, Greta should really be starting to twig that something's not <laughs> right with this bloke. Like... In a, like he's not just you know a sexually adventurous young hunk, he's also like deeply unstable. 
But I guess maybe, you know, you live on an island in Ireland. There's maybe not many just, other... And you just don't have a lot of... blonde-haired Irish people. There's not a lot of Daniel Craig's rocking around, no. <laughs> and maybe you just don't have that much context for what is normal behaviour. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe everyone was just mental back then. Maybe her husband never touched her at all. Or and her husband she never was like this. It. She's like, this is and just what dudes this are. this is the first sexual contact she's ever had. And she's like, maybe this is what I it's don't always see, like. I don't get that vibe. She gives off the vibe of being someone who's been around a little bit. You know, she sees what she likes, she goes and gets it. Yeah, but she, she also wears doesn't trousers. do that well. Well, that's the thing. You, she's, you imagine her to be someone who would be very competent at navigating these kinds of situations. <laughs> being like, you know what? Game over for this one. <laughs> that was but a little just, too far, I'm afraid. Like she, to be as taken in by Daniel Craig as she is, even though it would be an even more horrifying story, she would need to be a more de- sheltered deer in headlights type of character. Mm, yeah, you know, who isn't very experienced in the world and hasn't, which would make sense if, like in those days, maybe she's just been with her husband and then now they've separated for some. You know, scandalous reason. I and think now it's she's the husband's gay, and so now she's very well. Yeah, which is why, for a split second, I thought the doctor was the husband because it was made quite clearly that the doctor is like super, like not I into her. That and I'm for like, a okay, second, so they still live together because he's the gay one, right? Yeah, because they're like in a room together in the evening while he's working by candlelight. Like, why? Yeah, you, and they're live quite together? close. I'm like, okay, so you you live with your husband, but you're not sleeping with him because it's over because you know that he's gay. Because that's the gay guy we've met. Yeah, and or it'd be one of those like it'd be one of those marriages of convenience from back then, you know. Yeah. Meanwhile, like, she's going to get it on with the, with DC with the agent. Yeah, she's going to get a get a. But it's on. not it's not that. Anyway, um, do, 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 do. then the next morning is when Biddy's crying, making the bread. Then she goes around and visits DC's house. Um. And they talk about him a bit more. He says, I don't have a past. I think I'm a figment of someone's imagination. Then he says... <laughs> Man, Look, ask. none of these lines in you know on their own are like necessarily awful. Art. That's what it is. It's art. See, this... It, the whole thing feels like first-year uni students making an art film. Look, like, oh, this would be so meaningful. You can't make art, Isaac, without making some mistakes. This is how we get to Bond, okay? Just remember okay. that. This is how... This is a stepping this stone. This is a stepping stone to, to glory and greatness. Um, then he tells uh, the story of... Um, he says, promise to never tell anyone that I killed my father um, because he struck me. Yeah. Because she hits him, whatever. And then I'm, I don't even want to talk about it because never comes back. Apart from now... See, he says it though, and then he says that he was joking. Yeah. Look at I'm such a good actor, aren't I? Yeah. And she and she kind of... I presume she believes he's joking, because otherwise now he's explicitly telling you about how he's murdered people before. Mm-hmm. And that should really... I mean, the, you wouldn't have any red flags left. The red flag <laughs> container would be empty. You'd be like, all up... You're all, tearing up sheets now. You've look, got red sheets. I'm giving you yellow flags, but that's only because there's no red ones left. Um... Then the, the doctor... <laughs> what happened to the curtain? I just needed some new red flag. <laughs> then Stannis Baratheon visits because she's having hot flushes. Don't know why. Doesn't matter. Wait. 
It's Has from... she visited Daniel Craig yet and seen him leaving? Seen him leaving. Seen the doctor leaving Daniel Craig and said, I'll see you next week, buddy. Uh, I think she has, because when that she... was a thing, that was a weird thing that happened. Oh, that's that's that night when she goes down to the shop, down to the thing, and they actually do have sex. And he tells him about his dad. Mm. She's outside. Oh yeah, yeah. The doctor leaves and, and like, says, oh. "See you next week." And Daniel Craig's doing up his pants. Yeah, and so you think, oh, the fact that Daniel Craig is also sexually involved with the doctor might introduce some kind of tension or conflict into the relationship. Yet she walks but inside, and they do it. Doesn't they proceed together? exactly as if that hadn't happened when the doctor comes around to see her because she's having hot flushes and she's like oh no you'll be right which is basically all doctors could do back then um <laughs> he she says oh like he, uh, he, he says he's been playing chess with daniel craig yeah boy has he <laughs> Ooh, um checkmate a little bit of, <laughs> a little bit of strip chess, a little bit of that dutch saying. chess <laughs> <laughs> how they play it in deutschland that's that's where dutch people are from Yes. Europe. <laughs> and she's angry about how they're playing chess, because chess means doing it. Obviously. Um, she's been playing chess and there's with just like a, for a long there's time a little now. Bit of, I, I really think... <laughs> anyway. And there's a little bit of... And there's a little, they're a little bit like, oh, we shouldn't both... He, we shouldn't both be playing chess with him. And then they're like, oh, but let's anyway. And then that's kind of the end of that stuff. Um, then <laughs> some guys... So this is the sequence of events that happens after that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, the way this they... is a sweeping epic of historical what accuracy. Sto- what the plot points are are never very clear. So there's like I couldn't tell you where any of the acts end. <laughs> no, you know? no, definitely not. I don't know how many acts there are, or, but things kind of roll on one one to another. Um, it's like a cereal that's been really compressed, maybe. Not that the cereal would be good, but it's like, <laughs> maybe this was a story that was told over like 50 chapters in like a, a Dickens book or whatever. And then they, oh, and then they've compressed it somehow into this movie. So they just weren't sure what to keep or what to take out. And so now it's just all over the place. They just chose to just omit every second chapter. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's very good. That's exactly what it's like. So after the chess conversation, uh, blokes turn up to put glass bottles on all the walls. Mm-hmm. I presume that's to stop people breaking in and whatever. Yep. Daniel Craig has ordered these people to come up and they're smashing all these bottles and they're sticking broken glass. And she comes out and she's all angry about it. She's like, I didn't ask you guys to do this. What are you doing that for? And they're like, oh, and she's like, well, stop it. And so then she goes down to confront Daniel Craig about it, all annoyed about the bottles thing. <sighs> <laughs> Then they get into a conversation about hey, how he's told the tax collector about something she hasn't been doing properly, so she's going to have to pay £10. They start to argue about that, and then he seduces her again while the guy from the old-timey IRA watches from the attic, because he was there before she arrived. He kind of realises they're being watched, and for some reason that's a problem for him. <laughs> so he decides to stop them having sex, and then... Uh, he says, do as I... And then he's... I'm not sure what he's getting her to do, but he says, um, do as I say, Agnes. And then he says, I'll make you laugh. Which is another really, like, creepy, random thing to say. But it's like... 
a, it's like a robot. It's like a Russian Twitter bot. If you try to make a <laughs> psychosexual sort of psychopath in the form of a Twitter bot, yeah. and it just had to say 140 character weird creepy shit <laughs> over and over again, that's pretty much what his character says. And in the moment, it's very bewildering. He's got a, a specific set of responses. Yeah. <laughs> but he's not even responding to anything. <laughs> no. He's not even... He's just saying it. He's just throwing it out of the world. I'll make you laugh. In the, but, you know, in the, mo in the moment, I was just so bewildered watching. I was just like... <laughs> like, I was just going, yeah, I, I guess. Because it's got all these sort of prestigious trappings, mm. I think, as a movie. But does it's, it? Yeah, like, I mean, trappings of, like, the time period, the way the characters, some of the time, talk. the f Just the movies that are made... What you the film to be. You expect the movie to be a lot more sort of staid and... Um, you want you you leather bound than it actually is, and it's so weird. You want like the atonement, yeah. Atonement. You want the tone energy. of the start of the atonement, yeah. Where mystery is happening in the background, you don't know what the mystery is, yeah. And that has like not weird, but like sexual stuff in it, it does, and class and all the rest of it really well. But yeah, in a way that it's it's um, yeah aesthetically coherent, yeah. Um, and here it's just like just say to repeat it I'm uncomfortable just repeating it I should probably stop I don't have to no. then we're getting to the climax of the movie oh finally so then after that remember the broken bottles thing anyway after that just ends <laughs> then he sends her a letter and asks her to meet him at a hotel on the oh, mainland that's it. yeah on the mainland and, and he's dressed just, as a priest not to tell anyone yeah um in between him sending her that letter and her getting there, McSweeney is... I think he's just the Sweeney, Mr. Sweeney. I'm pretty sure he's McSweeney. Okay. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I thought it was just Sweeney. Like he's called Sweeney. Yeah, it is. Mm. I think it makes it sound a little bit more Scottish. Yeah. Mm. Is he, I thought he's Irish, though. Yeah, I think he's supposed to be. It's fine. They... They Presumably meet. Daniel Craig does a trap on him where a big bag of stuff falls on him mm -hmm. in a place, like a barn or we something. We don't get to see that take place. No, we see it fall on him. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. It really comes out of nowhere and it's a very blinked. short scene. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it is mentioned later that he's alive, but terribly injured. Yeah. Why? Is he? Why did he Because he's suing her. Oh, and yeah. he needs to stop suing her. But just... The way to do that, hurt him. I... I guess. It's just, it's exhausting to think about. And then they get to the hotel. He pretends to be the Scottish Reverend again, and she's his wife. She laughs a lot. So she is still having a great time. It is still really cracking her up that he's pretending he to be this person. He kisses her in front of a dress store to which she's like, that's yeah. scandalous. And he goes, go well, that woman will never forget about it. I'm like, what? why? Because a priest kissed a chick. I mean... That's, who's like... But like you, like, but like a, like a reverend who can have a wife or whatever. Again, surely lots of people in the town would know her or him. Like again, I it's not know. the mainland's far away. They go in, they try on a load of dresses, they're having a they're little like a gonna, yeah, little, little, little montage. montage. <laughs> <laughs> Great to have a sweet montage. And then he goes, "There's a bit missing from that one," because <laughs> she's got her boobs out. Yeah. 
which is weird. It's like... I don't know what it's like. It's, it's not like anything you've seen because it's, it's really not something not. people should see or have seen or be forced to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it, it's, it's a lot of, it's like the, it's a really kind of 5D chess level of gaslighting is what I feel like's <laughs> happening. Yeah. Where he is, not that it works or you should be impressed by it, but it's like he is messing with her head in a way that's so subtle and complex and random that even as an audience member, you can't piece it together when it's happening. Because I couldn't piece together what was happening as it was going along, but I still really had a sense of, I feel like it's clear that he's not a good person I to think be around. the first time that she realises or that she's allowed... It's storyline to realize is the next scene where they're in the restaurant. So then shit gets real heavy. Um, and they go for dinner at the hotel. Um, oh, uh, the chick from the IRA sees them in town. Ah, cool. Means nothing. Nope. <laughs> and at dinner, he really starts to lose it. He's yeah. yelling, he's gesticulating. I think he's meant to be quite drunk. He's supposed to be acting drunk. He's drawing attention to them. Um, and she is not having it. They, Someone spoke about a centaur earlier in the movie. Yeah. About which half is the good half or whatever. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, legitimate conversation. Oh, no, I think she, no, she, reter- she refers to her husband... As never loving her, he always loves centaurs <laughs> because there's a man at the front. Oh, did she? Yes. Oh, okay. So he, he used, see she, everyone's she gay. She used the centaur metaphor to describe how her husband is gay. And then on the way up to the bedroom, <laughs> when the the innkeeper's lighting them up, taking them up there with a candle, and then you just hear Daniel Craig start talking about centaurs again, and he says the horse half is the most interesting half. <laughs> The most interesting half. So at but this it, point, is this character now just so spun out he'd also quite like to fuck horses? Is that kind of what's going on now? Getting technical, though. That's going to be a good thing to There is out. no horse half of a centaur. Good point. A horse centaur is like, like two-thirds. two-thirds. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you get two thirds of horse, one third of well, one half well, of human. Two thirds of a horse, one half of a human. Well, it depends if you are keeping the horse and the human standardly proportioned. Yeah, because you could have an extra large human half. To because I feel like just the top half of a human on the rest of an actual horse mm. would look really out of sync. Well, that's how they animate a lot of. That's how Ferenz is animated. He's just I a f- tall man. I feel like, but I feel like if he was a man, his body would be bigger than a man. Oh yeah, you know he what would I mean. Be at least eight feet. Like if if you put the sort of the top half of us on a horse, we'd look ridiculous. It'd look normal on maybe a mule. Imagine if you were a centaur, just <laughs> not in shape, just like with a bit of a dad bod going on. <laughs> You'd be like, "Can I wear a shirt?" No, we're centaurs. But you are a human, full human with human legs. And then a horse is behind with two horse legs <laughs> coming out of the back. Like, like you in a pantomime. Exactly. <laughs> like, Guys, you know I can't keep up. Why do you keep making me come out on these things? 
They did me wrong. I'm actually half human, half horse. So it doesn't work when the proportions are like this. It's a vertical. It's a vertical vertical cut. It's <laughs> a horse. One horse arm, one leg. Uh, inbreeding, you know, goes wrong. It goes wrong after a while. But the horse half is the most interesting. <laughs> the horse half is the most interesting. It's like an episode of Rick and Morty. A lot of, like, like, that's what some of this is. At least an episode of Rick and Morty quite often has like, am I high? a nice resolution. Yeah. Like, they, oh, that story, yeah, made sense. That thing, oh, that came back 20 minutes later for the ending of the episode. Yeah, that's great. so in an impressive way, this movie is actually even more nihilistic <laughs> and sort of surreal than Rick and Morty. All right, so they have dinner, Check head upstairs, he's talking about horses. Dan Harmon, and yeah. Um, she has not had a good time at dinner. No, so now, and I think it's only now that she's sort of trapped in that room with him in like a way in this town, even though now there are the most people around who she might be able to get help from. Again, not to victim blame, it's a very complex situation. And we should be probably pretty delicate here because he gets more and more worked up. He starts making fun of William the Doctor. Mm -hmm. She really doesn't like that. And then he just rapes her in an absolutely horrifyingly sort of graphic scene. Yep, and he tells her to ask him not to hurt her. Oh, I don't even want to say what they say in it. Okay. And then it eventually fades to black with the sound... Quite a lot longer than it needed to to take. Yeah, just like with the sounds of sexual assault going on in the background. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've got to say, that really changes the tone of the whole film. Because what... Then you're really like, okay, so what the hell were we meant to think about anything up to now? Leading up into this point. Were we meant to be surprised by that? Because if we weren't, then we... What are we meant to be thinking? Because we're completely disconnected from who is ostensibly our main character. Because we have been able to see this coming a mile off when for some reason she couldn't. Yeah. So, or do they think the audience is going to think, well, you know, maybe this bloke's all right. They're having lots of fun trying on those dresses. Oh, no, he's crazy. But that crazy thing is completely continuous with the very the many other crazy things and violent and aggressive and unhinged and invasive things he's done throughout the film. Yep. So... Uh, so it starts. To, so it's not a lot of fun at this point. No, I mean, I mean, we've had a rollicking good time up till now <laughs> with this, you know, steamy nineteenth-century rural Lady Chatterley's lover story. But this is what if Lady Chatterley's lover was mental? Yeah. Flash forward. She's back home. Well, they have a breakfast the next morning. He does oh, a whole big do evil monologue about some terrible accident that happens. They don't want to get into it. Then she, they go home. She's obviously incredibly traumatized. No one knew where she was. So they thought she was kidnapped. So they're all happy to see her back. They go, by the way, McSweeney, he's come a cropper. She then realized she's like, well, I know who that was. Then she's in the house and she looks out the window and Daniel Craig is just Burying some dogs. Yep. He's got about five dogs that he's just burying and whistling. It's like, we know he's mad. Like, we know we know he's obviously now an evil, evil sort of Human. person. Yeah. 
I don't understand what we're meant to get from that. Now is when... Because now we're in a slasher movie. Now she is in an isolated place with someone who has already done awful things to her and has a lot of power over her. Mm-hmm. You don't really get a sense of her really trying to do anything to sort of no, leave. The only or... thing she does. Oh no, is she does. Eventually. She tries to get him fired. Yeah, so she, she yeah, she realizes she employs him. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, "You're done, mate." <laughs> but in her way of doing that is to send her meek-mannered, gay doctor friend to the yeah. guy's house, who has also been in his own sexual relationship with this guy, yeah. and definitely not the one in charge of it. He, he, Daniel Craig is to go in to see him. That's it to and try then- to fire him. Um, Daniel Craig gets fired in a polite way. We're not going to kick you out of your house. You get yeah. to live in your house. But she gives him fifteen quid. No, no needed, not needed at the at the at the yeah. manor anymore. They shake hands. You wonder if Daniel Craig's going to go crazy, but he doesn't. They nearly kiss, and then he backs off. And then it turns out she was there the whole time, listening in the other room. And then she decides to leave, which reasonable. Um, so she's packing up. She very romantically hugs and caresses the face of Biddy. Yep. Just going to put that out there. <laughs> there is once more what, what I do a lot of tension. Um, and then DC buddy sneaks back into the house again. Again, you don't want to be like, oh, why hasn't she done more or done something different? Because it's not really made clear to you as a viewer what her options are. No. Is there a police officer? Is there something she could have? If there's not, fair enough. But you're not shown any of that. So she's just kind of sort of... But logically, if you were afraid, you would stay at the doctor's house. Could stay at the doctor's house. You or, would. and I mean, if you want to have her isolated in the house for a narrative reason, that's fine. But just show us what the reason is. Like, maybe she is just too freaked out and traumatized. Her arc has gone from being a sort of very independent, kind of adventurous woman to now being... So sort of traumatized, she can't really take any positive action beyond trying to leave. Mm. And so she's stuck in the house. Sort of show that happening. It doesn't really show that. It just sort of shows her, well, I'm going to leave now, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, Daniel Craig can just break into the house again, into her bedroom, and put his hand on her mouth and is just, I mean, surprise, surprise, saying more mental shit. (laughs) Like, um, he's asking her what, what went wrong, um... Do you think what? Tell me, tell me what's the reason you fired me? Like acting all like surprised or whatever. She manages to smash him over the edge and ring a bell. Yep. So Biddy can come up. She rings the bell, which wakes Biddy up. Biddy does not do anything. Well, she sort of walks up slowly. Yeah, but she doesn't get to the bedroom before other people are outside the house. Well, more well, no, because Daniel Craig punches her in the face. That's in the kitchen, though. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't get up to the bedroom. Yeah. She gets up. To it's the a kitchen. it's a large house. Yeah, I feel like she's on the bottom floor, and they get they meet in the middle floor after um, Greta has managed to get out of the house. Yeah, and then um, so she gets punched in the face. Greta runs to the barn. Yeah. Daniel Craig turns up at the barn. There's a fight. There's a fight in which the, she the lantern overcomes him with the shovel. Yep. Hits him twice and then stops hitting him with the shovel. And throws the shovel away. So he can stand up. So another repeat in the Daniel Craig filmography of Daniel Craig not getting double tapped. 
exactly. when he should have been. I guess exactly. he does get hit twice. Sometimes he's got a triple tap. The, don't worry about the number. Just keep tapping till you see brains everywhere. That's the rule. Well, yeah, he's he's evil enough. Like, yeah, that's warranted. You are now you are now definitely in a situation where you can do whatever you want to this guy. <laughs> you <laughs> so have you can... the physical ability so, to do that too. Yeah. He's on the ground. You've, you've got the shovel. You've clanged him. There's twice. a fire right next to you. Yeah. Um, so then, they've knocked over a lantern. The barn is lit. But then what happens is he manages to get back up. And then it shoots to a shot from outside the barn and where we just hear her scream for Biddy for about 45 seconds. And I feel like this is the part of the, a part of the movie where um, it's really kind of relying on the audience having some appraisal of the true story. And I think if you, if you look at it through that lens, a lot of the movie makes a bit more sense. Yeah. If you expect your audience to have had an idea where this was going, then the twists and the turns are a little bit more intelligible because you're thinking, oh, I wonder how that's going to get us to where I know we're going. Yeah. When you don't know where you're going, this is a horrible and terrible place to have ended up that means nothing. Yeah. So she eventually staggers out of the barn with her face mutilated. Mm-hmm. They hide it quite well in that scene. Yeah, they at least spare us seeing it, but she she has been horribly um, attacked. Um, Cut to courtroom. Yes. Well, yeah. Cut to courtroom of the doctor describing her injuries yeah. to the courtroom while Daniel Craig sits there all nonchalant, yeah. ready to go to and jail. the doctor is explaining his horrible injuries where she's basically lost an eye, she's lost her nose... Um, various other things. He thinks some of the injuries look like they were done with teeth. So, and uh, and, I, that, and that's all historical record. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert for what the true story is. So, and I think I think that sort of what's made it such sort of a famous story. Um, and then, and then a lot happens in the space of like forty seconds. In the very in the space. So this is what this is what then happens at the end of the movie without any of it being shown. And this is when the fact that it's a true story really, really, um, like drains what hope there was for the movie being in any way, kind of anything. He so, breaks out of jail. So he so he's sent he's he's convicted and he's sent to prison. Yeah, he escapes from prison. He escapes, goes to the U.S. He escapes to America. Is then hailed as a hero somehow of the IRA. And gets to shake hands with the president and is in the paper. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's the president, but whoever's in charge of sort of the state where he was, he gets caught when he's over there. And is they somehow manage to spin it that the, the attack, attack on the on the landlady was a political act by the IRA yeah. in which loads of, or whatever the IRA was, was done and was done by loads of men at once. And therefore, you can't extradite someone for a political act. And so he gets to stay in America. For seven years. Which is what happened. <laughs> yeah. Which is an amazing story. I'd love to see a film about it. <laughs> I'd um, love to see not this film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, this is the, that's done with a bit of an American voiceover. And we go back to the shot of the person with the face veil in a stagecoach in the middle of the night in a forest in a storm reading the newspaper about it. I don't know how they can read it. We sort of then figure out that's her with the face veil on. Yeah. Reading about the fact that he's still somewhere. And, uh, and then no longer, no sooner do we realise that, 
but he's back in Ireland again. On a train. Which he did also do. It's known that he, we think he might have visited, come back secretly a couple of times. He did end up back in the UK and died in Scotland or something. Um, but what is not any part of a true story, as far as we know, is he goes back to visit. But see, that's the weirdest Greta. scene of the film. This is the cherry on top of the crazy cake. She's sitting at a dinner table. It's just the most horrifying thing you can imagine. But it's not done in a horrifying way. No, it's pretty horrifying, but also... It's, yeah, she's not, sitting not at a dinner table it, waiting just, for Biddy to bring her dinner. Yeah. She's got she's, her fake nose she's on. She's got a fake nose. She's lost an, she lost has somehow an recovered from just this... All of this terrible thing that he has committed. And he... And at night in the rain, he, he creeps up behind her... Taps on the window real gently with one finger. It's just tick, 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 oh, tick. And she has to turn around and see him there. Yeah. So I'd die. I'd die she, immediately. I'd that's the first sort of believable acting where she goes... <gasps> yeah. And then runs and gets a gun. Thank you. Comes to the front door, so opens she, so she, the front door. I like that though. She's learning. She's, she's learning. Straight, she's stepping up in the world. She's like, I'm getting a shotgun. I'm having it nearby. So forever. she gets to the front door. They have a chat. Yeah, so... Basically, she shoots once, gets his head. Yeah. So, hang on, hang on. Because... Is there more? Is there more? Oh, well, actually, before he even gets to her house, there's a whole scene where he's on a train talking to some Irish woman and he makes out with her for a bit. Yeah, well, she says, I'm going to... I'd I'd never... uh, I'd die if I didn't kiss you at least once. Yeah. Is... Because... The fact that he can... That he has this incredible sort of sexual magnetism is the one thing the film has definitely communicated. It's the one thing we definitely don't need an extra scene of. Like, give us a scene with any part of his journey to or from America or in court or anything. Why write this because completely this been cheaper. additional? Yeah, I guess. I'm not saying go to America. I'm just, anyway. Um, so she comes back. She says, go back to hell. And he says, I can't. I'm in it. (laughs) Which, okay. And this is... And I feel like now he's being a different character sort of again. Like This is sort of presenting a version of him which you could potentially interpret as being a sort of the deeper underlying version. The real him. Yeah, if you want to be really generous. Yeah. He says, I'm a hero. Isn't that comical? Because he's sort of famous now for... What he did to her. Yeah. Uh, then she shoots him. Once. And she grazes his head. And he screams, I can't die. And then he runs away about 20 metres. And he mm. goes, you probably can't hit me from there. What are you going to do if you shoot again? Mm. And then he comes closer. <laughs> yeah. Why does he do that? What? Why is he there? What's he doing? What does he want from her? It makes no what sense. He, and he then, goes away. And you she, can't shoot me back here. But he comes back. And then she shoots him again. Yep. But he still doesn't die. No. And she and reloads he, as he leaves. And he just... And he leaves. And that's... That's the film. There's some... The, uh, the music is good in that scene. I'll, ta- I'll say that. Okay, cool. There's sort of haunting, I presume Irish, choral music. Cool. And it's quite nice. Cool. Didn't think about that. I was just interested with the shitty fucking scene that they put as their final scene of the film. Then, Biddy is playing some music on a gramophone, and her and Greta finally cementing Sam's theory 
do ballroom dancing together <laughs> in the courtyard of the house to this sort of haunting, creepy gramophone music. Yeah, but she's got the veil on. With the veil on. Which, at this point, to me, made it feel like a sort of surreal... I don't know why Clockwork Orange came into my head. Where There's something almost sort of post-apocalyptic about the vibe of this whole thing now. But, where but... everything's happening is just so... It has the trappings of um, sort of prestige and class and sort of culture from the past, but is in being presented in a kind of twisted um, and sort of pain-filled way. So I I just thought of Clockwork Orange. And then we get credits about what happened to them afterwards. Yeah. Which I thought was, that's the first idea I got that it was based on a true story, so I didn't look it up. I think it's at the start. I thought they were doing the unbreakable thing. It doesn't say it's a true story at any point. Um, Which would have been really helpful. My vibe from the whole film... Yeah, man, what's your vibe? Hit me with that vibe. Is that they've gone, this is a very intense story. We should tell it as true as we can. And failed miserably from the get-go. But there's... So People that's the need thing. to know this story. What's a true story is that um, Daniel Craig's character was a real bloke who did that and escaped prison twice, went to America, couldn't get extradited back. Their entire relationship, which really sort of implicates her in very sort of intimate and complex ways mm-hmm. in her own assault... As far as I can tell from Googling it a little bit, it's completely made up. I mean, I haven't read the book at all, but there's no, nowhere in, in, in anyone's mind book, does it say... The book in itself could be a massively fictionalized version of historical yeah, events. I think, yeah, I mean, I mean, who knows what happened? But the historical record is just that this was a famously horrific assault that occurred mm. on this woman by this guy who lived on her land and was her agent. Um and then he escaped and managed to make it to America. And it just seems, I don't know, kind of irresponsible <laughs> if you are fictionalising this it's, huge portion it's of this woman's life. Such terrible film. Well, and, and it's bad as well. But I'm, but I'm saying even if it was good, it's a little bit gross. Yes. You know? Because yeah. you're also making it... Because you're it's, just, you're just speculating just, so wildly. Someone's read a story about this graphic assault that took place and, like, that'd make a great movie. Yeah, that'd make a yeah like that'd like, make a movie that would like make people feel things. It's like it's like someone's yeah, it's like someone's read a story about a ho- horrible assault that happened. Like, that'd make a cool kind of sexy but also scary story, but then also with like horrifying sexual assault in it. Let's put that in. Why? <laughs> it's just it, it's not know, a film that should exist. I don't know. I don't where was like really going that we've seen it. So. And I'm sorry that Daniel had to do this. Look, I'll be honest, Isaac. When I suggested that we watch Daniel Craig's filmography, I didn't fully appreciate how weird some of the avenues we were going to be going down were. I was like, oh, come on. It's Road to Perdition, Munich, Bond. So we're going to have a great time. <laughs> and um, there's, there's good little things in there. Like, and look, this, I feel like right now we're in a valley and we're going to get out of this valley soon. Probably in the next okay. film. Let's, let's the next hope. Film. Let's put that hope have on you, the next film. Have you seen Elizabeth? Not in a very long time. I've only seen bits of it. I don't know if I've actually seen the whole thing. So I'm looking forward to it. So, I mean, so now, how do we make this film good? I would say... 
<laughs> no, I'm I'm not going to go with this conversation. Okay, all right. I'll, we um... usually do talk about how to make a film good. I reckon this film, to make it good... Burn it? Yeah. Nobody watches it. This isn't a story we need to tell. Okay, yeah. I mean, and I agree. But... <laughs> similar... <laughs> you know, like, with The Power of One, I was like, well, if you had to make this movie... Yeah, but that's a good film. And it could have been better. Yeah. If I had to make this movie... <laughs> okay. You need clearer stakes. Because yeah, I don't really understand what was it... As it I didn't realise what was at stake for Greta was... Being raped and almost murdered. Well, and I don't really to... like those as movie stakes, you especially when make... it's not clear till the end. Yeah. Normally the stakes are, you know, the interclass difference and losing a place in society or losing control of the estate or something like that. Yeah. So need something more like that. I did want to make it more of a fact they were on an island. Um, and sure, it's not a little island like isolated out at sea, but just, you know, lie. Just like make something out of it. The you, bridge collapses. You have creative control over the story you're telling. Yeah, well, to a degree, the creative control if it's based that they've given is the wrong creative control. Yes, we are going to we are going to strictly adhere to what we do know historically, but we have no interest in really telling that. So we're just going to do it. So sort of in the in, in the last. You can tell five a story minutes. about those two characters. I think, her... or a inspired by true events story. Yeah. Much better. Because then you can do whatever the fuck you want. Mm. And it was inspired by this terrible thing that happened, so we've made this terrible guy do terrible things, and we hate him. You know know what is the one thing that's cool? Is that's the house it happened in. Like, filmed at? They filmed it in the original house. That's also fucked up. Yeah. That's fucked up. Why would they do that? Yeah, that's where a real woman was really terribly assaulted. And let's play act it. Let's play act it. But also... Make, make her it, have sex with the guy a lot of times before that. Yeah, in weird sort of, like, you know... I don't like Polyamorous that. role plays. I like the film um, more before I learned that it was the, right, the real house. Sorry. Um, I think her and Daniel Craig needed to have a bigger age difference. I feel like when they were writing it, she was quite a bit older than him. I think... I think Like a 10, 15 um, year. Written as though she's she's the right age. But because Daniel Craig is thirty something at this point, I don't think I don't feel like even she's the right age. Because how old would she have been? I feel like she needs to be. Well, she I think she's the right age, but he's way too old. He needs to be like a twenty-two year old. Yeah, she's yeah, she's like thirty-eight, thirty-nine. I feel like she needs to be late forties. Well, I reckon more late thirties, early forties, and he be twenty, twenty-two. Yeah, psychopath. Because then. Played because, by Daniel Craig. Because then her character is more, I've separated from my husband, maybe my life is kind of over now, and then he's giving her the new lease on life, like that whole... Yeah, but then you'd still have to have Isn't Daniel that what those Craig books are always like? I don't want Daniel Craig to be sullied by this You know film. those sexy books where the guy's ripping his shirt off? Mm. There's a lot of Mum's horny books. Yeah, that, I, feel like that, I feel like that. I mean, I don't know, but... Um, and Made yeah. into the bear. My bear friend. I think that's something else. Oh, okay. Um... And yeah, my only other note was uh, it makes more sense as a porn. Again, the worst thing in the world, and that's the product of the way they've done it. The story they've told 
isn't very good as just a story because but the if they had like proper sex scenes but if it. those sex scenes were what the audience was there for then i get it but there were no sex scenes there no. was implied sex yeah and i didn't want there to be no i'm just saying because i think because the plot was so just sort of convoluted and twisty and didn't really mean anything i'm I mean, I mean, I'll come out and say it. I haven't ever watched those like ninety-minute porn parody <laughs> things, but I imagine that's kind of what you end up doing in those, where you're like, "Look, let's just string some things together so we can get this them to do it work. in a different room in this, you know, big house or whatever." Where it actually fucking where it happened. I'm so angry that they filmed it in the actual house that it happened in. Because mm. they would have been like, oh, this is going to be so meaningful. Yeah, people are going to love this. <laughs> hmm. 20, 21 so, years, 22 years later, people hate this. Well, we don't know, are Isaac. People are me. I hate this. We do not know. It's really funny. Um, Christine also hates it. It's really funny watching the trailer for it because it looks so The trailer normal. looked fine. The trailer looked great. I'm it, like, yeah, I could definitely get, get behind this story. Because it's like, yep. Yeah, Older, high-class woman, isolated, romantic, wuthering heightsy environment. Younger, are they, they going to end up with again? this animalistic energy? Oh Ooh. wow! I wonder what the consequences will be of this tryst. Ooh, <laughs> a bad acid trip is what going to the Playboy and the Yellow Lady. Yeah, his life story I think very interesting, and there's definitely a movie in that, you know, but. You just need to but treat is it a movie that paints him as a terrible evil. person that we hate. Uh, well, yeah, you'd, okay. you'd need to do that because that's what he is. Yeah. So, um, but you know, he'd be the main character in kind of like a "there will be blood" kind of way, you know. And it wouldn't be about sex the whole time. It would be about the sort of pol- politics of the time, and it'd be about the IRA and the f- and like Irish, British, American relations, and he is like a a cipher through that sort of catalyzes a lot of these things. And so you see the time through this evil person and you're not justifying his actions. Could there be a movie that just shows the time without even needing to involve this evil person and this evil act that we don't need to know about? Um, I think he is a very powerful sociopathic character who there's a a movie in. Okay. You know there will be blood. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's a good movie. Great film. He's a bad guy. Mm. But you're... A very bad guy. And you're not like, oh, I see his side of it. But you just... You learn something about the... I don't know. I don't you know do. And But see, that was a good film. That was a there good film. There will be blood. Now, that was a good see, film. See, that could have been a good... Not that I'm, I'm... I'm very excited to go further into Daniel Craig. Mm. But that could have been a good but Daniel Day-Lewis. Well. Oh. No. Just Sorry, where were you going? I was going with good filmographies. Because Dee Lewis, Dee Dee, I'll be honest, has only done good films. So, like, you know, they're all just going to get better. Yeah. And see, look, I, look, I like Daniel, do not take this the wrong way, okay? Please come on the pod. <laughs> we won't mention this one. We're not going to mention this one. Well, unless, well, see. Well, unless. We have to mention this one. He's because... not coming on now, is he? Listen to everything we've just said for the last hour and. 40 minutes. We've talked for a very long time. Sorry. Oh, we should have held back more. We weren't thinking ahead. 
Please no. Oh. Daniel, I know that so you. We're gonna I, I know this. that you also hate this film. I'm going to re-record this and episode alone, with... and I'm going to toe the line of you know <laughs> some of the music was really okay, and I think Daniel, I think Daniel Craig's performance was fine. It was just a very uh, disorganized script. I think he did it purposely. That terrible accent is because he's a terrible person. Daniel, look. No, we don't. You don't have to do good accents, and I'm. And I think you do some good accents later. I'm looking forward to Logan Lucky, Knives Out. He gets his accent going Both together. Great films. Like we know he does good accent work later on. It's just Irish, South African. They're very difficult. And I would say this: it's not that Daniel Craig doesn't play a good character in this movie. He plays twelve good characters, but none of them ever get to be fully explored. <laughs> none of them are seen on screen. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, sorry, Daniel. There's going to be some zingers, all right. But you know, that's the kind of that's the kind of you know high high rate sort of witty environment you'll be coming into. But please come on the pod, Daniel. I know that this isn't your fault. Yeah, this but, isn't you. But I know that you also hate this film as much as people should hate this film. It's an understandable choice, Daniel. Well. Basically, I just hope you got paid. I can understand how you could read this, you know, in 1997. Be like, you know what? This could be a good step. You know, it's gonna. It's a weird sidestep into. Well, someone else was making. Well, someone else was literally making a like a version of Wuthering Heights or Emma or something. Mm. Like someone was making that film at this point. And he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do the same thing over here, but I'm the bad guy." Yeah. Yeah, and... And, I'm sorry, yeah. Daniel, you He's still you trying should... to shake off Kid in King Arthur's Court. I mean, we don't know how he was feeling after Obsession, because we still haven't seen it. We should say I that don't know point. if we're going to get we to see go- Obsession. That is my obsession. If anyone <laughs> has any access Daniel, to... Daniel, if you have a copy have of Obsession... He would definitely have it, Because I know you don't have a copy of this one, because you're trying to forget about it. But if you or your mum has a copy <laughs> of Obsession... Okay, forget Daniel. Does anyone know Daniel Craig's mum? Because <laughs> she will have a copy of the she, it, several copies. The only and whenever anyone copies. brings up Daniel, she's like, "Oh, you want a movie?" Nineteen ninety-seven movie Obsession, where he plays John McHale. I don't know why it's so hard to find. I mean, we found this. Sorry, don't know why we keep piling on. <laughs> I desperately hope that Obsession is great because the clips I've seen on the interwebs yeah. are pretty good. See, I haven't watched the clips. I've if watched we, a couple. Like, if we get to the end of this and we've made no progress there, then we well, might they, be are driven... There, are there several films along the way that we might have to miss? It's the only one. Oh, jeez. Every other movie, I've looked it up, I've got a way to find it. I can buy a DVD, I can get it on one streaming service or another. Jeez. I've, like, I've, I've looked up streaming yeah. services that I'd never heard of to try and find it. Yeah, Voodoo. Did you try that one? The one called Tubi, <laughs> which is a free service. And yeah. it has all of the Asylum films on it, like all of the terrible Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus stuff. Yeah. So I'm keeping it. Like it's. Yeah, yeah. That is that is. Yeah. Good if content. I can get all these other DVDs, then everything, including one which is like a ten minute. There's like a it's like an anthology of ten minute weird movies, and he's in one of them. <laughs> I found a DVD. Of it. <laughs> cool. So see, I am. Do we just watch the ten yeah. minute one that but, he's in? No, we're going to watch the whole thing. Okay. Backing up to <laughs> what I was saying before is Daniel, don't take this the wrong way. Trying to come up with a filmography to do, I didn't want it to be one where I knew every film was a banger. 
Because yeah, that just that makes, makes it. A, I like when there's light and shade. But see, when you know there's going to be some great if movies, chosen, and there's some movies that maybe are not so great. If we'd chosen someone who say. was, um, like, started mid two thousands onwards, you know that there's going to be some terrible films and some okay films, but there's never going to be anything that is this bad. I don't even think films like this bad get made anymore. I don't think so. I what I think I think films that are this bad get made still, but they don't get. But they're not bad in this way. This is a 1990s. There are bad some terrible films in the world because this film is being informed by all the other f- films of its ilk at that time that it's sort of emulating, <laughs> it's like, whilst also being like, we're going to get real weird about it, <laughs> and we're going to succeed. Yeah. Um, on the list of two films thus far. Okay, so we've only got three. The got best three Daniel Craig film that we've ever seen is the power. Is of the one. power of one. What's the second best Daniel the Craig The second best film? Daniel Craig film that we've ever seen was yeah. called A Kid in King Arthur's Court. You think so? I know so. But you can disagree with your... With, I guess, yeah, can we have different lists? We'd have to have different lists. We're I mean, not, we'll end up with different lists no because way. I know that your opinion on Casino Royale may be different than mine. There's no there's no way we're going to agree on, what is it, 38 films. See. So... But, like, see, in starting this, I haven't even seen all of them yet, but I know Casino Royale is the best one. Okay. Alright. And we haven't got we won't well, get there for weeks. No. For weeks. Can this feel like a Probably months. Exists? Probably months. But we will not stop until coronavirus is defeated. <laughs> you mentioned it, Sam. This is this is our hunger strike. <laughs> Daniel? Since we're being flippant about very important <laughs> things that have happened in history. Um this is our <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, I'm just in a weird mood. I don't we've know talked about this film. I don't know if because I really didn't like a kid in King Arthur's Court. Yeah, but did you not like it as much as you not liked this film? I don't know. I mean, I watched it twice. Oh, you did. There's some nice music in it. I think I hated a kid in King Arthur's Court more. Is it because it's childish? Partly that. Yeah, I think I have less. But could you hate this because you can for... tell that it's been directed and written by someone who was a child? There is also something more, like, morally wrong about this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least A Kid in King Arthur's Court is it's, entirely fictional. A Kid in King Arthur's Court is, like, morally neutral. So <laughs> it has that going for it. Production um, value is probably the same. Uh, I think they would have spent more money on A Kid in King Arthur's Court. And they didn't film that at the house that it took place in. Sorry, I just hate this movie so much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever hated a film we've watched. Yeah, and I don't think I think this is a first for you on the on the podcast mm. that because you you love everything. I like film. Yeah, and this, I like Daniel Craig. And this is film. <laughs> this is mm, is it? It's film, Isaac. I think I have to put <sighs> a kidding on his court last. I think we're going to have to start to diverge. <sighs> Maybe I'll revise. We have the option to revise at any point. Okay, But cool. at this point, <laughs> I think this is the second worst and second best film. <laughs> Plus or minus Obsession that Daniel Craig has ever made. And that's what I believe. I really want to see Obsession. Yeah. I love that it's called Obsession. Oh, yeah. I'll try again soon. To... Yeah, isn't that great? It's great. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a great final episode. It would be. After... Three months later. After No Time to Die, <laughs> we watch Obsession. Such a great name for a Bond film. It's... You would... 
you would have thought titles that say die have been used. Have been played out. But like, yeah. But they found another one. So good on them. Uh, anything else you want to add? Not today. No? Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you've been enjoying the show, you can still follow us on Twitter at Exceptional Thieves <laughs> or send us an email at ExceptionalThieves at gmail.com. Have you seen Obsession? Do you know where to get Have Do you not have it, but have you seen it? And can you tell us something about Anything. it? Anything. Just any Literally little your hints or tidbits. 30-word review. Your impressions. Um, of Obsession. Yeah. And I guess it would be great to, you know... what. What are your top five Daniel Craig movies of all time? See if we <laughs> I think agree. that's a question for later in the thing when we've talked about more. Yeah, true. true. What are your top three? What's your favourite Daniel Craig performance from the last hmm. year? What's your favourite thing about Daniel Craig? You know? Oh, is it the Just, eyes? Is it the eyes? Is it the buns? Is it Is the... it that childish blonde hair that he still has right now? Is it how deep his voice is? It's not. Oh, God. Who are we? The people on Akil Island? Because <laughs> how around? Because he has, are. yes, a very animalistic quality. Yeah, yeah. Peter Craig as Tarzan. A fine specimen. That's what the doctor says at the beginning. Yeah. Just so many lines. So many lines that we're so not going to talk about ever again. Maybe when I release this episode, I'll just get on Twitter and I'll just keep tweeting lines. <laughs> don't do just that. to unsettle don't everyone. Do that. And it was like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. It's in quotation marks. <laughs> it's a with quote. like a timestamp. It's a historical quote. It's from a historical character quote. that really existed. Yeah. This is how he spoke. He was a real person who legitimately did awful things. And this person made up that he also said this weird stuff. <laughs> Art. Hashtag art. (laughs) Right. Thanks, everyone. Bye.